Hi everyone, Grant K here for the Flame Premium Learning Channel. In the previous video, we took two images, matched the timings and alignment, and started going through the Distort node to perform a spline-based morph. In this video, we'll tweak the initial morph with some refinement tools, as well as use an open spline to morph the teeth. If you would like to follow along, please refer to the first video to get started and download the media. So scrubbing the time bar, we created the initial morph in the previous video. Now it's not a bad start, but it could be further refined. Firstly, we can look at what is happening between the source and destination splines. In the Distort menu, enable Correspondences. This shows how the source spline is mapped and blended into the destination spline. This will affect the direction of how the pixels stretch as the images morph into each other. Now go to the middle of the morph at about frame 24. It's definitely worth knowing that the correspondence points are not so different from the mask edge gradients. We can add, edit and delete points with the usual controls. But very importantly, we can animate the correspondence points that can be handy for complex morph movements. So to avoid tons of keyframes, ensure that auto key is off. Just so that you're aware, there is a correspondence channel for each spline in the animation editor. Now we can start sliding the points around the splines. Notice how pixels are being dragged as we move the points. This allows us to get an interactive refinement to line things up. But note that quite a bit of the surrounding area is also being pulled by the morphing splines. You may or may not want this, but you can control it. To make it clearer, we have an optional aid to see where the image is being manipulated. Switch to the Node Preferences menu and enable Draw Grid. So the images are mapped onto a grid and the splines distort the grid to do the morph. Going back to the regular menus, we can adjust the corresponding points again and you can see the pixels as well as the grid adjust to the changes. In order to control the influence of the splines, there are a set of controls to expand or limit them. Iterations increases the distance that the pixels are dragged along the splines. This is very handy when the source and destination splines are far apart and you want to increase the distance the pixels travel along the spline to make the morph. But iterations are less important when the splines are at a short distance from each other and you don't need to increase the distance of the pixels along the destination spline. The Z mode can be used in different circumstances when you want pixels to overlap each other like a 3D effect. This will cancel out the iterations option. The range slider is more useful to us in this case. This controls how much of the area around the splines is warped. So decreasing the range allows for a much finer degree of control with a smaller region of pixels for much more detailed and localized work. The weight slider, which we won't use in this case, allows you to select any spline and use it to lock down portions of the image that you don't want to stretch. For example, you may be warping a small region of an image and you definitely don't want a specific section to be affected. So you use another spline to hold down that region of pixels to keep them in place. Finally, we have the resolution slider. This is the pixel resolution of the grid. The moderate value is pretty good, but if you want even tighter movement in the warping, it is possible but it does take longer to process. You can experiment with what works best for your media. 
Now go back to the Preferences menu and turn the grid off. Back in the main controls, we can turn off the correspondences and press I to toggle the wireframe on and off. Scrubbing the time bar, the morph around the lips should be significantly better. But the teeth still pose an issue. We'll add another spline to fix this. Toggle the wireframe back on again if it's still off and go back to frame 12. Select the result view and switch to the front input with F1. If you see the wrong input, just toggle the input display button to show front 1. With the front view active, click Add to create a new spline. Draw a 3-point spline at the bottom of the teeth. One of the benefits in Distort is that we do not need to close the splines to use them. Just click the Finish button and you can warp and morph with an open spline. As before, tweak the spline and then duplicate the node branch before we track it. With the new node branch selected, remember to toggle the input to input 2. Select the input 1 source node and click in the front view. Drag a box selection around the vertices. Now ensure you set the correct tracking input. In this case, it needs to be front 1. Click the Track Shape button. Ensure you are still on frame 12 and analyse the track. Now exit the stabiliser. Let's switch over to input 2 and do the same. Ensure the front view is active and toggle the input display. On frame 12, move the vertices from the spline into position. Next, draw a box selection around the vertices to select them. Switch the tracking input to front 2. Click the Track Shape button. Analyse the trackers from frame 12 and exit the track. So both splines are tracked on their respective inputs. To create the morph, press L to switch to Link Mode. Connect the source input nodes together. We can switch back to Select Mode if we want to move the nodes around. And finally, we need to animate the interpolation between frames 12 and 36. Ensure Auto Key is enabled. On frame 12, set the interpolation to 0. We don't have to touch the blend value as it only needed to be animated once. Now go to frame 36 and set the interpolation to 100. Select the front view and press F4 to see the result. Set the view to 100% and turn the icons off. Scrub the time bar and focus on the mouth. It morphs quite well. You could enable the correspondence points and tweak it further, but this is good enough for this example. Now obviously the rest of the face needs a bit of work, so go ahead and create multiple splines using the same steps and techniques shown in these two videos. Jumping ahead in time, I've created plenty of splines for the different features including the body. The overall result could be further improved if we broke the hair out as a separate morph pass. But this would require a lot of time removing the hair from the original female clip. And then you would have to key or rotor the hair for the morph and composite it back together again. Please feel free to give that a go and post your results. So to conclude the example, I've put the distort result through the modular Kia and comped it over a background to produce a final result. I hope you've enjoyed this video on morphing with distort. 
comments, feedback, and suggestions are always welcome and appreciated. Thank you for watching, and please subscribe to the Flame Premium Learning Channel for future videos.